in Jesus' name, there's miracles. There's miracles, there's signs, and there's wonders that you're going to do in each and every one of our lives. And I thank you, God, that you're about to do it. I thank you, Lord, that somebody, under the sound of my voice, actually believes that the miracle is closer than they've ever thought, ever felt. It's right here. It's ready. It's available. I want to, as, as we stay standing, I want to read the word of God to you. And, and I, it's my honor to preach on Wednesday night. I don't normally preach on Wednesday night, but I wanted to preach tonight because I felt I had a timely word. Uh, and I'm thankful you came out. You're ready. I want to give you this word, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And then I want to go all the way probably. Let's, let's just go as far as the Holy Spirit leads. Now, David was greatly distressed. Great way to start off a service, right? A message. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, Amalek's son, he said, please bring the ephod. Everybody say ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? I think it's important that we learn how to ask God before doing anything. And he answered him, pursue. This is the Lord. For you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. Oh, right there is good. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. That whatever the enemy took, whatever the enemy took, whatever the enemy robbed, maybe it could have been a smile. When was the last time? It could have been hope. It could have been joy. It could have been a family member. Maybe we lost a loved one in over a year. Maybe we lost, maybe we lost dearly. We lost financial resources and jobs and homes. And God, there's some things that we may have lost. Oh, but God, we are about to recover without fail. And I thank you, Lord, that there's a greater blessing beyond the battle. And I pray that you would help us see beyond the battle into the blessing, beyond the fight into the favor. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to elevate our perspective. Isn't that part of the blessing of Abraham, elevation, possession, and dominion? Lord, elevate us. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do a mighty, wonderful, good work tonight. And I pray that the Holy Spirit... I want you to stretch your hands towards me. Holy Spirit, anoint me. Just as the word downloaded into my heart, I pray that it would come out not even as good, but better. And I pray that you would preach tonight, speak tonight, Lord, and let it be your words and not mine. Let it be your will and not mine, your way and not mine. And I pray every move I make and every word I speak, let it be from the utterance of the Holy Spirit and the guiding of your spirit. And I thank you for tonight that somebody came hungry, feeling like something good was about to happen. And I pray that, Lord, we would get ready to celebrate you, praise you on credit for what you're about to do. God, because you are good and you are faithful, and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody who's ready to receive, give God some praise. All right. You may be seated. Tell the person next to you, I'm glad I came. Now, I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Old Testament. If you're not turning in your Bible, we're going to pray for you sinners. Get out your phone. 
You can have a Bible on your phone. Just go to the Old Testament. You can look at it in different versions. It's good. And then I want you to take notes. So steal a church pen if you got to. Take your phone out. Take notes. God knows that that phone probably should have something godly typed in it every once in a while. So go ahead and type a good godly scripture, a note in there just for, just for, just for credit. Just for, just, you got to do it, okay? Types of good notes because we take what God is saying to us seriously. Until you take what God is saying to you seriously, when do you expect him to take what you're saying seriously? He doesn't need to speak another word to you. He needs you to be obedient to the first word. He... Let's start off and let's talk about what we're going to do. Tonight I want to talk about beyond the battle. That's the title of my message, and it's part two. Sunday was part one. You'll have to go back, but I will give you a little recap of Sunday. Sunday was wonderful and incredible, and we talked about David and Goliath. But more than just David and Goliath, we talked about how David went from obscurity to notoriety pretty quick. He went from the pasture to the palace, and he went from a person who was just taking care of the sheep to a person of tremendous success. And as he went from there, let me just give you some quick bridges because I've taught this before, but I'm not going to teach on this again tonight. But the bridges between the different levels of your life to go from I'm going to win some in the field and the sheep with the sheep in the field, that's your internal, say internal. So your internal victories start there. How do you get some to the place where you can get some internal victories? Write this down. Number one is worship. You're going to get internal victories. David had been, been able to beat the lion and the bear. Why? Because David was a worshiper. David knew how to worship, man. The Bible says, and you train my hands for war. In other words, what he was saying in Psalms is he was saying, I thought I was playing the harp, but you were really teaching me how to have hands that were stronger than a lion's. And I could take down a lion and a bear. And so sometimes the lesson in that is you may think what you're being trained in is for one thing, but God's got a greater glory for it. So there's, there's a whole new dimension. So worship gets you to there. Then the next dimension, that's the first bridge, okay? Bridge number one is how do I get to internal victories of my lion and my bears, my addictions, my, my pride, my, my, my issues in my heart and in my mind, and win the battle of my mind? Worship. Worship will win the battle of your mind, okay? There's a great book. Uh, winning the War, uh, it, it's by Craig Rochelle. You need to read that book. It's an incredible book. He just came out with it. But that's the first bridge. Second bridge is David goes out to kill Goliath. And when he goes out to kill Goliath, he not only kills Goliath, but then he ends up becoming this B.A. warrior. And I don't, I'm trying to look and see if I've got little ears around here. Uh, but be, it means bad Arabian. He was an Arabic type of, <laughs> he was out there in the Middle East. I don't know how to get away with that. So that we have, we have David. He becomes this warrior who not only kills Goliath, but then he kills, uh, uh, when we look through the next few chapters in, uh, in Samuel, if you rewind a little bit, Kesha, and then he wins even with the glory of God over Nabal. He wins against the Philistines. He wins against the Philistines when he's with the Philistines and beating some Philistines, even though they don't know he's beating the Philistines. And then he goes and beats the Amalekite. He does all these great battles and victories when he's just a warrior. And those are called external. Write that down. External victories. And you win these external victories by one bridge and one bridge alone. And David won it by this. Write it down, serving. David got to the battlefield because he said, I'm going to serve my brothers. Got, he, he was 15 when he got anointed. He was 17 when he beat Goliath. And I don't know a 17-year-old that loves to serve. Neither do I know a 37 that loves to serve. But there's got to be a decision in your heart that says, as for me and my house, we will Y'all know what I'm preaching. We ought to start your, your second bridge to get external victories. You want to see some victories that everybody else can see in your life? Because anybody, anybody been growing internally? You've been growing and you're like, man, I wish people could see how far I've come. 
Come on, anybody? Am I preaching anybody? Like you felt like you've grown? Like if they would have known me when I was the partier, if they would have known me when I was insane, come on, Scott, if they'd have known me back then, right? If they, like uh, Scotty's my man. If, you, if they'd have known me back then, if, they, if y'all didn't know me back in the high school, y'all would have been like, there's no way this kid's going to amount to anything. If y'all didn't know me back then, right? But there was internal victories that had to take place, and I had to win some stuff. And then after that, then I started winning the external battles because I I started walking up to police chiefs, and I started saying, hey, how can we help you? That's how we built the dream court over here with the WNBA. I said, hey, you know what, Governor? How can we help you? How can we serve you? He said, I want you to work in the prisons. Now we're working in three different prisons. And guess what? Kingman Prison. Hold on, hold on. Kingman Prison is about to come online. Let's give God some praise right there. Come on. Anthony, I'm prophesying. We're, 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 we're moving because it's, it's not come, it doesn't come from saying, hey, we're a great church. We're kind of like the, a big deal in Flagstaff. You want us. No, 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 no. Nobody likes that. No, would you, <laughs> who would have been like, oh, that kid's special. And then, let, and then walk me right out of the office. But it's because you walk up and you say, hey, how can I serve you? That, that is the statement of a very strong, powerful, mature person, confident and secure. Then the next bridge, David gets to become king here in 2 Samuel chapter 1 after the story that we just read. And he becomes king. And we, we'll talk about it more in a minute. But David has a bridge between just becoming a warrior to becoming a king. And the kingship, I want you to write this down, represents territorial victories. So you're going to go from these three phases in your life of I'm just winning for me to I'm winning for us to I win for everyone. And that they, you're going to get there by specific bridges that you build in your life, brick by brick. Now, let me paint the picture, okay? So David goes and he beats Goliath. And we talked about how David walked up to Goliath, but he wasn't really worried about Goliath because he was seeing his purpose. Because if the nation of Israel wasn't there, he can't be king. And he was looking at Goliath. And even though he was looking at Goliath, he was looking beyond Goliath. Because when he talked to Goliath, he didn't address Goliath. He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord. So David could see beyond his battle into his blessing. He said, I know I'm called to be king. I know I can win this battle. And it's not by spear and a sword. It's by the name of the Lord. And I am going to win this battle because I am going to see beyond it because, because if the battle is greater than the blessing, it's never going to be worth it. So David goes out and he kills Goliath and we started getting in this and, and I had a, people, a few people say, hey, you're going to keep preaching on that, right? On next Wednesday and Sunday. And I said, yeah, let's keep going because I, I feel like there's some more in here. So now he not only kills Goliath with a sling, but then he goes and chops off his head. Then they rout the Philistines. After they rout the Philistines, the, uh, uh, Saul says, oh my gosh, who is this guy? And brings him back and says, hey, man, we're going to bring you into the palace. And he brings him into the palace. And when he does, he makes a best friend named Jonathan. I want you to write Jonathan's name. Oh, everybody needs a good Jonathan. And everybody is afraid to teach about the relationship between Jonathan and David because because they want to pervert Jonathan and David's relationship. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, it talks about how David loved him as his own soul. And they made a covenant with each other. And then it talks about how Jonathan began to undress in front of David and took off his armor. And so then they try to pervert what is going on here. And let me tell you, when they make covenant, you have to make a berith. And a berith is you make a figure eight. That's why the Bible calls God El Berith, the God of covenant. And covenant means to make a berith with one another. I need a man. I need a, will you come up here? Omar, come on up. Give it up for Omar. Yeah. 
Is it okay that I teach for just a minute and unpack this a little bit before we get to the point? So right here, Omar, come right here, stand right here and face me. I'm going to face right here. Okay, Omar on that side looks like a pulpit, but that's really his sacrifice and his armor and his weapons. Me, this is going to be my sacrifice and this is going to be my weapons. Now, what did David have for a weapon? A sling and a stone. He didn't have anything. So he didn't have anything to take off. He had nothing to give, nothing to defend, nothing to fight with. So David said it right here. Now in a berith, what you're going to do is you're going to walk in a figure eight around their sacrifice. Around it, Omar. Figure eight. And then now we're going to stand before each other. Now this is, the re- this is what they call a covenant. The covenant is this. This is now Omar, all of Omar's armor and weapons. And now I have what he could use to attack me. And I have his sacrifice. So now he can't attack me and I can't attack him. So what this means is I'm making a covenant with you. Oh, I I need to preach. Can I preach? I need to make a covenant with a Jonathan, with a friend, with a brother in Christ, with a sister in Christ that says, I'm done attacking other Christians. We are here to do this together. I'm laying my weapon down. I'm laying my sword down. I'm laying my, I'm I'm putting my, oh, somebody say, I'm putting my guard down. I'm putting my guard down. I'm, I'm going to stop seeing everybody as a potential adversary and start seeing potential allies. And God wants us to start. That's why Jonathan and David need to be taught about because you, they have an intimate relationship. But it doesn't mean sexual. It means phileo. It means this brotherly bond that says, man, we are knitted together. That's why the New Testament says, greet each other with a brotherly kiss. And y'all don't want to do that because that is weird and I don't want to do it either. But it doesn't mean physical kiss it means to be knitted a kindred spirit to say hey we love each other and we're not going to attack each other we could we could end right here and this is enough for the body of christ to be fed on today that we need to stop attacking other denominations and churches and pastors and leaders and, and preachers and teachers and elders and members and women and, oh, and, and this. And oh, when someone goes through, oh, whenever, whenever the church goes through it, we see a couple and all of a sudden the couple's going through it and they're probably going to get a divorce. Well, who's wrong and who's right? Let's pick the right side and make sure we exile the wrong side. We start attacking one another simply because we don't understand their battle. So now we judge their battle. Oh, and we, and we want, you can not judge what you have not gone through. And if you've gone through it, you don't have a judgmental perspective. You have a compassionate perspective. Because the church constantly is, is in a position where we'd rather judge each other, right? And then say, hey, I'm laying down my guard. Thank you, Omar. Give it up for me. So Jonathan and David make this bond. And when they make this bond, they make this holy, powerful bond that says, hey, you know what? We're in this together. Now, David goes through all kinds of transitions after this. Saul tries to kill him, throw a spear at his head, all kinds of stuff. The craziness happens. He wins the battle of Keilah. He goes to the cave of Adullam. He also continues. And as he's growing, so this is a span of 17 years old to almost 30 years old where we meet in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And, and through the span of the cave of Adullam, and, and Saul trying to kill him, and the Keilah battle, and then all for future, the, the Philistines, and then the, the deal that he did with the, the, the king of Gath, and all this stuff builds up to where we are in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Okay, let, let me make this, I want to make this real helpful so you can see this. Okay, you know when uh, you're watching a movie that you've seen, and you're ha- showing somebody who hasn't seen it? 
And, and, and how many, okay, rate, if you're really terrible in the movies and you want to be honest, who talks during the movies? All you sinners. Yeah, we, I'm making sure, I need to write names down because I'm not going to the movies with you. No, I'm just kidding. But we have those talkers during the movie. And then who are the non-talkers like me? You're not, don't you say a word, okay? We're watching a movie. This is a sacred holy moment. <laughs> I'm like, don't you ruin this for me. And, and, but when you know the movie and you know the big part or the funny part is coming, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. If, if you know they're not paying attention, not catching it, you're like, hey, this is the good part. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to the good part. So, so he goes through this whole phases. And, and, and where we read is going to summarize up what he went through his, for all those 15 years. And so when you see this and we see David at the end after going through all of this, we see David getting into Ziklag. Ziklag was given to him by the Philistines because him and Saul were at peace momentarily because he wasn't in Israel whatsoever. And so now he's got a little plot of land in Ziklag, which Ziklag would still be owned by the Israelites. And then soon to be every king after David would own property and have to go through Ziklag to become ordained as king. So Ziklag was very important. And Ziklag, he was there, but this is what happened. Ziklag, he was in the Philistine area, and the Philistines were about to go to battle again with the Israelites. Y'all ever heard throughout this about, it's like every five scriptures, it's like, and the Israelites went to battle with the Philistines. Da, 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 someone got married, and then a little bit later, the Philistines went to battle with the Israelites. And it was like every other five seconds, they, they were in a battle with each other. And they were about to go to war again, and so then, because David was on the Philistine side, he said, hey, David, come on up here and fight with us. David gets up there, and the princes of Philistine say, hey, hey, we don't want him. That's David's stupid David just killed Goliath like just a little while ago and he killed his tens of thousands he will kill us if he goes to battle with us we will lose and so they send him home but while David is away Ziklag gets attacked by the Amalekites the Amalekites are dangerous but not for the reason you think the Amalekites are dangerous because they were known for preying on your weakness. They were known for attacking when the men were gone. They were known for attacking when famine hit. They were known for attacking out of your vulnerability, not near your strength. How many have something in your life that you can feel that same pressure saying the enemy came after my vulnerability? The enemy came after an area I wasn't so strong in. I tried to make a decision for the Lord, and this little fox came in and tried to ruin my life. I, I, tried to, I, I tried to step out and do the right thing and fight a good fight, and yet the enemy came in when I was vulnerable. I let my guard, come on, who am I preaching? I let my guard down, and I thought I was okay, but the enemy came in, and he, what he did is the Amalekites rendered, burned everything. And then they took all their children and women, and, and not, the ones that they left were worse off. And the ones they took were in captivity. And when David had come back, when David had come back from battle, from saying, oh, okay, he found his whole territory burned and destroyed. And now all the men begin to, oh, let's stone David. See, all of everybody lost something, and it all could seem like they all lost 
the same amount of things. That it was equal in their loss. But David lost more than most because David didn't just lose family and friends like they did. He also lost everybody who believed in him. The worst thing you could ever do to a leader in your life is stop believing in them. Every leader in your life. I'm going to preach to somebody. I know I'm some of your leaders, but let me just tell you. you cannot. The, the power of belief cannot be underestimated. When you lose the power of somebody believing in you, when you believe in a kid, when you believe in a little kid that they could do good at school, oh man, all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to be so smart. And they start doing better at school. When you believe in somebody, what I'm telling you, watch the whole place elevate. When you believe in each other, when you believe in yourself, when you believe in a leader, when you believe in them. On Sunday, we preach this principle. It's not just having a thing. It's what you think about a thing. It's not just having a friend. It's what you think about your friend. Everybody's got friends and everybody's got jobs and everybody's got stuff, but it's what you think about your stuff. Is your stuff not enough or more than enough? Has God been good or has God not been good? Do I have the creator? Do I have just a God in me who everybody talks about or do I have the creator of heaven and earth that I have the power and the anointing of God to heal the sick, to make the lame walk, to say, okay, God, stretch out your... We prayed for a girl because I believe that I have a God who heals. We prayed for a little girl Anya's daughter and Anya's daughter has leukemia and she can't produce red blood cells so we prayed for her and this week she went to go get her test because she was going to get another blood infusion they said we don't need to do another blood infusion her mom said why they said she's producing red blood cells see where the enemy thought oh I'm going to abuse them in this place of vulnerability God said I'm going to make that the very place because it's like David left one battle to fight another battle and another battle. And there was battles all around him. And it was pain, 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 pain. And everywhere he looked was pain. And the enemy, it felt like the enemy was just caving in on him. And I'm just going to tell you this because I'm thinking about pregnancy like every other thought uh, right now with this baby coming. But when the baby comes, I've learned one good thing. And that is when the contractions, the pains get closer together and they're quicker, the baby's coming. When the pain seems like it's just constant and all around you, and, and you've got nothing but uh, uh, opposition all around, when the pain gets more and the pressure gets more, that means the promise is almost there. And you just got to hold on tight. You just got to hold Oh, somebody say, hold on tight. Touch two people and say, hold on tight, baby. Jenna, you better touch two people. I, 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 we, we, we're going to hold on tight. Don't, don't give up. In that moment, don't give up. Men, you're going to go out there on this wonderful exchange of you and the, and, and the God you serve. And, and, and when you're going to get pressured and pushed, but you're going to say, okay, here comes the promise. Because David was, that's why he said, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David, David went out and said, oh, you know what? Because when you don't have anybody but God, you know where your relationship with God stands. When everybody else has been taken and you've been like Job and you've been like Jesus and you've been like David and you've got nothing left but faith, you know how faith, you know how much faith you got. You know how faith can stand. You know how faith can help. But you've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Oh, I pray you'd encourage yourself today. Stop damaging yourself. How many in that place of defeat would not talk encouragement to yourself? You lost everyone and everything, and everybody around you is telling you they're going to stone you and kill you, and they hate you. Try to think of one positive thought. That's what I, 
it'd be a fight for one. But David, the Bible says that David knelt and he, he said, I, I kneel and he prayed. How do I know he prayed? Because he says that next verse, he says, and then he says, after he encouraged himself in the Lord, he says, Abathar, please bring the ephod here to me. Now, ephod may not mean much to you, but it means a lot if you rewind. Remember when I told you we're going to get to the best part? And I said, let's get to the end so I can tell you the big part so I can go back and tell you the beginning. This is a very interesting movie that you got to see back and forth as it plays out and unfolds before you. And all of these characters in a three-dimensional perspective. Because when you see this, this ephod, it did not come from nowhere. Number one, an ephod was a priestly garment so that you would wear to go into the presence of God so that God could speak to you. So this ephod represented getting into the spirit with God and hearing from God. So that's was where this came from. But the ephod, was just that was the use, but where it came from was very interesting. Because when David killed Goliath, the head went to Jerusalem, the sword went to the priest, and David uh, and the armor went with David. Now the sword who went to the priest, when David had his first issue, David had his first problem with Saul and he was running from Saul. David went to the priest and he said, what am I going to do about this? And they said, well, come here. You don't have a sword? Come take the sword over here, the sword of Goliath. He says, there's no other sword like it. He said, but it's behind the ephod. There's the ephod, then there's the sword. He said, the ephod is in front of the sword. You can have the sword, but take the ephod too. Now, that doesn't mean much to some. But it means that I need to have the Spirit of God with me more than the fight that's why I need to be able to talk talking to God is more important than having the strength of God I, I need to be able to have a conversation with God and every time David got in trouble every time David had an issue David didn't go for the sword because he took the sword and he took the ephod but when he got into trouble and Saul was trying to kill him Saul was trying to destroy him the Bible says that David said bring the ephod to me I need to pray bring the ephod he didn't say bring the sword I need to fight he saw beyond all oh. He saw beyond the battle, and he said, I don't need to fight against Saul. That's my brother. That's my king. I need to go to the Lord. And every time David was faced with Kesha, David was faced with the Philistines, Amalekites, David said, bring the ephod to me. Don't bring this. He had the armor. He had the sword. He could have just said, in the moment where he needed to encourage himself, I've killed Goliath. Who are you all to talk to me? I have killed a giant. One person in here, stand up if you've killed a giant in your life. He could have looked at all the people and said, how dare you? I went out there and we came back. And let me just tell you, before we go fight these guys I could whip them all myself but David didn't say that David said I need to talk with God and David said I'm going to see beyond the battle I'm going to see beyond the fight I'm going to see beyond my pain I'm going to see beyond all the problems around me but I can't see it by just seeing in my own might in my own strength in my own power it's not by my might not by my power but by his spirit says the Lord and God said if you can see beyond the battle but he, David said bring the ephod and he prayed and he said Lord should we isn't that a crazy question he said should we go beat them they just took everything from you. How many, if somebody walked up into your house and stole your phone, <laughs> let alone everything else, if they stole your phone, you'd be like, I got to find my iPhone. I, I got it. Um, I got an app. My friend's got an app. She knows exactly where it's at. We're going to find that iPhone. We're going to give this person the business. 
they're about to find, I, I know right where it's at. Oh, I can see them move it, and you'd follow them. I've had this happen to me before. I'm like, oh, we're going to catch them. They're almost a wildflower. Pull in here. It's the blue car. And you're like, yes, that was just an iPhone. What would you do if someone came and took everything from you? If you had a year that it felt like everything was taken, would you begin to fight first or pray first? Would you see beyond the battle into your blessing? Would you see beyond it into your spirit? Would you get, would you get in prayer with God and say, God, you know what? I know I want to go fight. But I need to know if you want me to go fight. I, I know that you want me to. Not every battle is your battle. Oh, I'm trying to get there. Are y'all with me? I, I, not every. Remember the, that old phrase, pick your battles? How many battles have you picked or been thrown into because you thought you needed to be? But you were thrusted into a battle because you couldn't see beyond it. And you thought every issue, every problem, everybody's circumstance and everything going on in the world was your battle to face. But yet every time David had a battle, had a problem, had a thing happening, this wasn't a new thing for David. David prayed, should I take out the lion and the bear? David prayed, Lord, do you want me to take Goliath out? David prayed, God, do you want me to take the Philistines out? David prayed, what do you want me to do about Saul? David, don't touch Saul. Because I need to know which battles are mine and which, see, this double entendre of the bat being beyond the battle is not only just seeing your blessing, but seeing I, not every battle is mine. I'm not meant to fight every little issue. Oh, somebody said amen right there. I'm going to free everybody in here. Every argument on social media is not your argument. Every argument that's happening in politics, thank you, Jesus, is not my battle to win. Everything that's going on in the world is not my fight. I need to pray. When was the last time we prayed about everything? In all things, prayer and supplication. Pray without ceasing. Pray about every purchase. Pray about every move. The reason David was so trained. See, David couldn't get to one of the worst moments in his life where everything had been burned and stripped from him and then find the strength to say, oh, Lord, what do you, and then look heroic in the moment, look godly, look pious. I'm going to ask the Lord, everybody. You know, he didn't all of a sudden do it. David had been doing it. Some of us, want, we think we're going to arrive at some of the most difficult, challenging moments in our life and finally say, well, that's when I'll know. I'll give my life for the Lord. I'll ask. I'll pray. I'll, I'll pray about a big purchase. Or I'll pray about buying a house or buying a car. You don't even pray about buying little things. What makes you think you can pray about something so enormous and full of pressure in your life, but you got to build towards that? you got to build to say, oh, I pray about, I pray about everything. I pray about each piece. I pray about where do I go? I pray about, I'm, I'm going to tell you flat out right now, I'm, I'm not just, I, I have a specific building in mind that I'm praying for. And I, I'm not praying, Lord, give it to me. I'm praying, Lord, do you want me to have it? Is that my battle? Is that, is that, is that a fight you want me in? Because then the Lord, what did he say after he prayed? He said, Lord, can we do it? Lord, how, what do you want us to do? God, I've got all my men who are destroyed. They're distraught. We just came running from one battle and left the battle, and now you want us to go fight another battle. And, at, and the Lord says, David, you're going to get it all back. The enemy came in when you weren't looking, but I'm going to help you, and you're going to win this battle. 
And as David stepped out, can I keep preaching or do you want me to close? No, for real. Do y'all want me to keep preaching or close? Fra Frank, are you good? You want me to keep? We're good. Thumbs up. As long as Frank's okay. I, I feel the reason I feel this is because I just want to I want to close at the right moment. He says you can go and you can win and you'll route them and you'll take every you'll you'll not lose a single thing, and not even think people. Every daughter will come back. Every son, prodigal son, will come back. Every every I'm, I'm preaching. To, can I just prophesy over the church for a minute? Everything that the enemy took when he snuck in and we were vulnerable and we were trying to preach the right thing and do the right thing and say the right thing and do just follow God the best we can through 2020 and into this new year. And the enemy said, oh, I'm going to pick some people off. I'm going to pick some off while you're away, while you can't see, while you can't. And I'm just telling you right now what the enemy stole from the body of Christ is coming back tenfold. And God, we're going to see revival. We're going to see God move. We're going to see God answer. We're going to see God show up like never before because that's, that's our God. He said, I'll show up. I'll show up. Let's, let's all stand. This is a good place. This is a, I'm going to have to finish this on Sunday because you're not even really to the good part. This is just the introduction. But I have the, the real meat that I want to share with you is coming next because of what happens with Ziklag, what happens with Saul and his sons. And then all of a sudden, what happens with David? Because David was anointed at 15, but didn't become king till year 30. And this is the chapter, weeks, days before he becomes king. So you need to understand the transition from I'm in obscurity in Ziklag, in a place that I felt like was just a holding pattern. I was just there for a little while, and I was just be, I was it was just my season. And God's about to transition a whole church. God's about to transition the body of Christ. God's about to transition you from a season where you were in Ziklag, and now you're going to go to Jerusalem because now you're going to rule and you're going to reign at a whole nother level, and it's coming. But you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for the transition that God is bringing. And God is saying, you got to see beyond these little battles because if you get caught up thinking Saul's your enemy, if you get caught up fighting every little skirmish that you think is yours just because you have a heart to say, I want people to think I'm good and I stand up for people. Every battle is not your battle. Every prayer is not your prayer. And you got to see beyond the battle into your blessing. You got to see beyond the, the problem into your David's about to get promoted. But if all he saw was, see, th this is what I'm going to leave you with today. David had a great cause within him. He knew that he was going to see all his people get their people back, get their stuff back. But he also saw how he was going to be king. He also could see that he needed to rule over Judah, Jerusalem, and all of Israel. He could see when the cause is greater than the conflict, you'll always be able to overcome. But when the conflict... When the conflict is greater than the cause within you, if it's a selfish cause, if it's a prideful cause, if it's a worldly cause, if it's their cause, if it's his cause or her cause or the, what the politics in the world, whatever you want to put on it, if it's someone else's cause, it will always be smaller than the conflict. But when the cause within you it eclipses the conflict in front of you, you can see beyond the conflict into the crown that God has for you that's coming up next. But you got to start Start seeing beyond it. Amen? This is a huge, huge lesson for the body of Christ. 
And we've got to stop seeing every battle as this battle that's going to destroy us. Anytime a, a pandemic, a conflict, a, something arises in the news, we're like, oh my God, we're going to hell in a handbasket. The world's over and Jesus is coming back. Good Lord, take a breather. The cause is so much greater. We haven't got the gospel to every corner of the world. We haven't reached every soul. We haven't won everybody. We haven't spoken the word of God. We haven't filled everybody with the Holy Spirit. We haven't set people free. The cause must be greater than any conflict that stands before you. We have to have a greater cause. David had a greater cause. He said, no, don't touch Saul. He said, no, I'm going to pray about every decision. And he walked through his life, and he began to train himself how to see beyond the little battles. And that's why every battle seemed easy, and he didn't even need to decide himself. He said, Lord, you tell me. I, I know I can beat him. Do you want me to beat them? I want you to pray with me. Lord, do you want us to win Flagstaff? Oh, do you want us to win Northern Arizona? God, do you want us to win for our families, for our friends? Do you want us to win in Montana and Florida and, and Kansas City? God, do you want us, where do you want us to win? God, all we need you to do is say, this is where I want you to fight. This is where the battle is. This is where I'm calling you to go. But Lord, I pray that we would see the cause within us that is so great, so powerful, so enormous that eclipses any conflict that may come. Conflicts and problems will come. But Lord, I pray that you would prepare your people to have a cause within them that's greater than any conflict in front of them. And Lord, I thank you, God, that we're about to step into a new dimension. We're about to step into a new territory. We're about to step into a greater revelation. God, I pray that some of this word felt like it went over maybe some people's heads. But God, I pray that you would sow it deep within them and unlock it tonight while they're dreaming. Unlock it tomorrow when they wake up. Lord, I pray that everybody who caught it tonight and is catching it tonight, receiving it tonight, seeing it tonight, I pray, God, Lord, that they would not only receive it, but conceive a whole new yes. chapter for themselves. Deliver a new life. Deliver a new direction, a new destiny, God. And I thank you. I thank you, God, for what you have done. Oh, this is just the setup. The Holy Spirit told me this is just the setup. This is just the beginning. You haven't even heard about how David won. You haven't even heard about how David got blessed, about how things transformed right after this moment of prayer. And I'm telling you right now that in this moment of worship, in this moment of prayer, in this moment of seeking the Lord, God says you have no idea what is about to come. You have no idea the blessing, the favor. It's going to come out of nowhere. You're not going to You're not gonna even understand it, how it happened. And God is going to bring it to you in an un conventional way. And I believe the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to somebody as you pray and as you worship with your eyes closed and your heart open, God is saying, I'm about to pour out a blessing in your life that supersedes your intellect, your ability. I'm about to pour it out in your life that goes beyond your capability. And I thank you, God, that you're about to pour your blessing on your people and that the Holy Spirit is about to minister to each and every one of your children called by your name, created in your image. And I pray right now, God, 
that you would feel. I want you to, if this message spoke to you tonight in any dimension, I want you to raise your hands right now and I'm going to pray for you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for every hand raised and heart open. God, I pray that they would not only hear the word, but do the word. Act this word out. Become like David. Get a Jonathan in their life. Become like David and pray about every decision in their life. I pray they would get in like David and say, I'm not going to look at everybody like an enemy, but soon to be an ally. I'm, I'm going to step into a new dimension of seeing beyond the struggle, beyond the battle, into my success and into my blessing. And I pray right now, God, we are going to get a greater perspective, a greater dimension, and Lord, we are going to see beyond, 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 beyond. And Lord, we thank you that that's our word for this year. Ephesians 3, chapter 20, or chapter 3, verse 20. Lord, that you would do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And Lord, we, we know it's true of blessings, so help us see beyond our battle. Maybe some of the people's battle in here tonight is depression. Maybe it's the, that, that word of divorce coming into your marriage. Maybe it's dysfunction trying to come over your children. Maybe it's some, a word that's coming over your life of, of the enemy saying, oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip every good thing out of your life. No, maybe it's, the, maybe it's the enemy trying to creep in and get you to make bad decisions because your flesh is in control and God's not. Maybe whatever it is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the struggle is, I want you to begin to say, Lord, the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's, and I surrender it to you, God. I surrender my heart to you, my life to you. I surrender my marriage to you. I surrender my friends to you. Stop trying to get your friends saved. That is a battle you cannot win. Unless the Lord leads them, you, you're not doing anything. The God of heaven and earth will draw them into relationship. Open up their hearts. All you need to do is be ready. Stop trying to fight them into a relationship with God. And stop seeing it as a battle and a struggle. Let them do their life and figure it out and I pray right now that somebody would see beyond the battle into the blessing because when those friends and those family members and those loved ones find God on their own God will get the glory and not man and I thank you God I thank you for what you have done and what you will do Lord in Jesus name oh let this message go so deep within us deep within us that we would become the worshiper like we're created to be, the servant like we're created to be. And Lord, we would build those bridges to go beyond into the next dimension of our relationship with you. And Lord, we thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody who received a good word from God gave them an amen and some praise. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome. Lobby, overflow, thank you guys for staying plugged in, staying connected. We love you guys, and we're so thankful. All of you who are tuned in online, stay connected. Our host for the service will be with you here in a moment. Uh, but we want to dismiss everybody who's here in person. But before we do, I want to just pray over our men who are about to go to the return. So men, we don't have room up here for you. I want you to just raise your hand. Okay, raise your hand. All the men who are going to the return. Everybody else, stretch your hand towards them. And we're just going to pray for them. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all of our men, all of the men that are going to find freedom, but not just freedom, free indeed. Freedom that lasts forever. Freedom that's eternal. Freedom that was granted by Jesus and his grace. The freedom, Lord, from all, Lord, Lord, that would try to hold them captive. Every battle that would try to beholden them. I pray that you would free them and free them indeed. And Lord, I pray that they would find a whole new depth of relationship with you. A whole new light. A whole new perspective, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you're going to bless their journey and the walk that they're about to embark on. And I pray that you would watch over them. In Jesus' name, everybody said... 
Amen, amen, amen. We're going to speak this bridge blessing, and then we're going to be dismissed. You ready? I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. God bless you, Bridge. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.